He has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to the kings, and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hand on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, is your coming here. Ascend him, so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This story is such a significant moment in the New Testament because after this, Saul becomes Paul and he goes on to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles and plant churches and write so many of the books that make up our New Testament. Um, but before Paul, before Saul was ever Paul, he was Saul, and before he ever went to go preach the gospel and proclaim the gospel to the world, he experienced the transformative love of Christ. And when we talk about experiencing and modeling Jesus' love, I think it's important for us to remember that the first part of that phrase is to experience Jesus. Because we can't go on to model something, we can't go on to represent something that we first don't know ourselves. And Saul didn't, it, Paul didn't experience the love of Jesus as Paul the Apostle, who wrote so many of these letters and made up a lot of our New Testament and planted these famous churches that we read about. He experienced Jesus' love for the first time as Saul, a man who was persecuting Christians, who had a reputation for arresting them, killing them, whatever it was. And in that moment, Jesus made himself known to Saul. And Jesus reached out to him, even though he was persecuting his followers. And I think that in the same way that Jesus reached out to Saul in that moment, he reaches out to us as well. Because Jesus' love is one that is active, it is one that is alive, it is something that we can tangibly feel, we can tangibly experience, and we can see it in the world around us. And we see in Saul's conversion that Jesus' love, when we encounter it, it changes something in us. We cannot leave and experience of Jesus unchanged because his love is so much more powerful and so much greater than that. And when we think about the word experience, an experience can be defined as encountering or undergoing something. And both of those things happened to Saul in that moment on the road to Damascus. He encountered Jesus, he heard his voice, he listened to his commands. Later in the story, he was filled by the Holy Spirit, he encountered the presence and the love of Jesus Christ. And he also underwent something. He was blinded and then healed again. His life was forever changed by the experience that he had of Jesus' love. And Jesus did not leave Damascus and go back, or no, sorry, Saul did not leave Damascus and go back to persecuting Christians. It is quite the opposite, actually. He was given a new name. He is called Saul, he's called Paul. He is given a new identity. He is given a task to go bring the good news to the Gentiles and to preach the gospel. And we can see that Jesus' radical love produces radical transformation in our lives. We see that in Paul's story, and we can see that in our own stories. And as we are transformed by the love of Christ, we are called into modeling that love then to others. We are called to model that love to our neighbors, to our families, to our friends, to the people that we meet, to the whole world. 
And in light of this love, we go out and we love others as Jesus himself has first loved us. As it says in 1 John, we love because he first loved us, not the other way And as I was thinking about my plan this morning, I was next going to talk about how Paul went out to go preach the gospel and he was this amazing example of Jesus' love to so many people in the world. But something else, as I was preparing last night, just clicked in my brain and I changed my mind about what I was going to speak about because I think the reality is, is that most of us are not going to go from here and be the Paul of our time. We're not going to be someone who brings the gospel to so many of the nations in the world. But what I think is a much more realistic depiction in the story of modeling Jesus' love is what we see in Ananias. In the story, we can assume that Ananias has had some type of experience with Jesus. We can assume that because he is called disciple by Jesus, um, whether that be something dramatic, like Saul's Damascus Road experience, or maybe something more subtle, we can assume that Ananias has had some type of experience that has led him into a relationship with Christ. And I feel like as I read this story, I most relate to Ananias' first response to when God tells him to go see Saul. Um, it is very clear that Ananias is afraid. He knows who Saul is. He knows his reputation. He says, God, this man is arresting Christians. God, I know who this person is. I can imagine Ananias saying, God, I don't want to go see him. I'm afraid of him. And I think if I was Ananias, I would be afraid as well to go into a situation like that, go to this man who has a reputation and say, okay, this is what you've experienced. This is who Jesus is. And despite the reputation that you have, I'm still going to model the love of Christ to you. And as I read Ananias' first response to Jesus, I think to myself, how many times have I missed the invitation to model Jesus' love because I was afraid, because I was uncomfortable by what he was asking. And I can, I'm just reminded of myself in that imagination of Ananias saying, God, I'll do whatever you say, I'll do whatever you ask, but please, please not that man, he's scary. God, please not him, he's a bad person. God, he's not, not him, he's not like me. And I can imagine myself in that. When I can hear, I can hear I'm not saying that, I can imagine myself in that. And I'm reminded of a time in 2019, I went to my DTS through Ottawa, and I went to Byron Bay, Australia, and I'm reminded of this experience that I had there where I, I was on my knees and I was praying to God, I was saying, God, I'll do anything. God, I'll go anywhere you ask me to. I'll do it all. I'm so willing. I'll do it. And in my heart, I felt the Holy Spirit say, okay, Ashley, go home. I said, no, God. Okay, I'm going to, I'll do, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll go to these countries where Christians are persecuted. I'm so willing, God. I'll go wherever you tell me to go. And God said, Ashley, go home. And there was nothing wrong with going home. I loved being home, but I had thought that God had something else for me. And as he said, Ashley, go home. I said, no, God, I'll do anything. Just not that one thing that you asked me to do. <laughs> and I think that we all can think of an experience maybe that we've had like that, where we feel this calling of God on our life. We feel something that he has asked us to do. And we say, okay, God, I'll do anything. Just not that. And I can imagine Ananias saying that to God when he was asked to go see Saul and to go heal him of his blindness and to go tell him of the love of Christ. But despite Ananias' first response to God, what speaks much louder than that is the fact that he went to Saul anyways. Even though he seemed scared, even though he seemed nervous, 
Even though he knew the reputation that Saul had, he still went to go see him. And we are all asked to be like Ananias when it comes to modeling Jesus' life. We would model the love of Christ even when it is hard, even when it is scary, even when it seems uncomfortable, that we would choose to do it anyways. Because that is what he has asked of us. And the experiencing part of Jesus, it is such an important part of our faith because it creates an intimacy between us and Jesus. It reminds us that Jesus is alive. It reminds us that Jesus is active in our life. But experience must lead us into some type of action. We cannot walk away from an encounter with Christ unchanged because his love is so much more powerful than that. And I think sometimes I see this in myself. We can get so consumed in this vertical relationship between us and God. And we can be so consumed with coming to church and getting something out of the sermon. Or we can come to church and be like, I just want to feel something during worship. That we forget about the call to model the love of Jesus to the world around us when we leave this place. And I heard someone say once, we can sing. Jesus loves me so loudly that we drown out the fact that Jesus loved the rest of the world. Ananias knew who Saul was, and it would have been easier for him to say, God, I'm not going. God, I'm not doing that. God, I'm afraid. I'm uncomfortable. Pick someone else. I'll go do whatever else you want, just not this one. God, he's a bad person. He's not like the other people I surround myself with. He disagrees. We disagree. We have different opinions about things. <laughs> Thoughts like this, I think, are far too easy to come by. And I see this in myself sometimes. When I feel God saying, Ashley, go model this. Ashley, go tell this person to me. Ashley, go do this. And I say, God, this is just uncomfortable. I just like don't want to do this. Or God, maybe next time. But this time, I'm just going to do my own thing. And next time. And sometimes we can cut ourselves off from the rest of the world, and we can stay in our little church bubble. But by doing that, we miss the opportunity and the invitation that Jesus has for us to model his love to the rest of the world around us. As we read this story, we can see that Ananias was obedient to God, and that he went to go see Saul. And Saul was then filled by the Holy Spirit, and he went on to share the good news of Jesus, and he went to go plant churches. And while most of us here might not be responsible for converting someone like Saul into someone like Paul, our obedience and modeling with the love of Jesus matters because it has weight. And being obedient and modeling the love of Jesus has the ability to change someone's life in the best possible way because Jesus' love is one, that trans is one that transforms us and it is one that we cannot leave unchanged after experiencing it. Modeling the love of Jesus can look so many different ways, so many different people. And so as we leave this place today, I really encourage you guys to spend some time thinking and reflecting on what modeling the love of Jesus looks like in your own context. Whether that be to your neighbors, to the people you work with, if you go to school, to the people you go to school with, whatever the case is, I encourage you to explore how you can actually model the love of Jesus that you have experienced in your own life to the people around you. Because that is what we are called to do. What I know to be true is that we, too, can be like Anna by experiencing Jesus' love deeply and personally in our hearts, in the world around us, we can be transformed by this love, and then we can be obedient to his call to model this love to all people that we meet, no matter who they are. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this space today. 
God, we thank you that we get to come to church and we get to experience you. We get to feel your love. God, we get to be reminded that you are alive and active in our lives. God, I pray that as we leave this space, Lord, we remember the call that you have given us to model you to the world around us. Lord, I pray that in times of comfort, in times of anxiety, in times of just not wanting to do it, God, that you would teach us and you would train us how we can model your love to all people that we need. Lord, thank you that you love the world so much. God, thank you that you love us, but you love everyone else too. And I pray that we would be reminded of that we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, we pray.